Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. So, did you figure out what you're dressing up as tomorrow? He wants to dress up as a real guy who murdered nine people last year. Oh, you're not doing that. That's just a costume. You think that guy's still out there? What's up with you and this clown all of a sudden? You're like obsessed. They never found his body. What if he decides to come back here? I wouldn't worry about it. Wait a minute, aren't you that guy from the costume shop? Sir, what are you doing? It wasn't me. He was covered in blood on his shirt and his hands when he got here. I'm telling you it was him, Ellie. Right down to the little black dot on the tip of his nose. You're really weird, you know that? I believe him. About what? Something really bad's gonna happen tonight. No, I, I know when Jonathan's lying, okay? I, I could hear it in his voice. Something's, something's wrong. Look, we're gonna have fun. Stress-free environment. Yep. Speaking of surprises, kids, we have a very special guest with us today. All the way from Miles County, please welcome Art the Clown! Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 467. Out now in theatres across the US is Terrifier 2, the sequel to the 2016 cult horror film Terrifier that once again features demented demonic killer Art the Clown as he hacks his way through small-town America on Halloween. A bigger, bolder, and bloodier horror experience that continues to build the foundation and mythology of what is sure to be an enduring horror franchise. Terrify 2 is sure to terrify those who are willing to experience this next step in the theatre of the macabre. And joining me now on the podcast is the writer and director of Terrify 2, Damien Leone. Damien, I thank you so very much for your time today. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Well, it's really, I was just saying to you before about how. I was, I've been following your career since All Hallows Eve, but it's interesting when you talk about Arthur the Clown as a character. It's, he's been with you for a very long time. I mean, all the way back to your short film, The Ninth Circle. I'm really curious, though, when you when you live with a character for that long, what was the idea of art back then compared to what he is now? Was he always supposed to be this kind of character that was supposed to evolve and endure over a number of films, or is that something that just kind of develops and, and happens over time as your ambitions as a career as a filmmaker kind of develops and happens over time as well 
Yeah, it absolutely happened over time. He was created. Um, he was one of many little horror ideas that I had just floating around in my head since, um, you know, like just fresh out of high school or something like that. And when it came time to make my first uh, short film, what I considered my first official short film, because I was shooting it on uh, 35 millimeter for the first time, um, which was the ninth circle. Um, I said, I got this cool killer clown idea and I'm just going to open my movie with that. And then when it came time to figure out what the clown is, what his personality is, um, you know, a big, a, I give a lot of credit to Tim Curry's Pennywise because that was, and still is arguably the greatest killer clown of all time. And he was the most popular then by far. And I said, if we're going to, if I'm going to do a killer clown, he can't be anything like Tim Curry's Pennywise. So right. he's not, he's not going to be colorful. He's not going to have hair. He's not going to speak. You know, he's not going to have, you know, everything. If you go across the board, polar opposite. So, and then when I sculpted his face, I wanted art to kind of look like a witch or give him witchy features or a classic devil, pointed nose, pointed chin, things like that. And, you know, long story short, he just kind of kicked off this short film. He was in the opening two minutes and then he's gone. And then it shifts over to a demonic cult and monsters and all these kind of creatures underground. And everybody who saw that short film said, dude, that clown at the beginning is nuts. He looks so cool, so creepy and unsettling, and you have to do more with that character and then i got that note across the board so i said naturally i have to make another short film with this character it'll it'll focus solely on art the clown and that's when i really started fleshing him out a little more so to speak or giving him more of a personality and also the big uh, sh uh shift this time was i turned him into a slasher officially um and then you know, same thing. Once people saw that, they said, wow, you got, he's so cool. You have to turn him into, you have to turn this into a feature. And that's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to go from my Terrifier short film to Terrifier the feature, but it was very difficult. Like nobody wanted to give me money. Nobody believed in the character really uh, in order, you know, to allow me to go make Terrifier. I mean, the producer of All Hallows Eve found Terrifier the short film on YouTube and he was making he, you know, he had the idea to make All Hallows Eve, which was going to be just a horror anthology based on short ha Halloween-based films that he found on YouTube. And uh, I talked him into letting me run the whole movie. And he didn't know that I had The Ninth Circle, which was another, you know, Art the Clown piece. And uh, he loved art, though. He, he knew that he wanted to put that face on the box. But going from Terrifier to the short to the feature was a long journey. And the only reason why it happened is I met my producer my partner phil falcone who's the only one to give me money to actually make it so a long journey <laughs> it's interesting not only in this film but not the, only the evolution of art as a character kind of like the whole kind of world you're building here and what's really interesting about it is that you have a protagonist now in sienna who's played beautifully by lauren lavera yeah, the character though i guess people can call her a final girl but there's more to it than that what really struck me about your film um, Terrifier 2 is the symbology behind it. Um, you know, myself, I come, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Catholic myself, and a and, oh, Catholic horror fan, I don't know if there's many of them around, <laughs> but um, what's really striking to me is that when I look at the what Lauren's character is with the wings and everything, almost kind of like an archangel in a way, and the, and the image of kind of the jewels to me is the image of Michael the archangel standing over Satan with the spear, does sure. that type of um, imagery, that kind of uh, religious iconography, does that play in any way at all in regards to how you wanted to create what is essentially almost in your film a battle between good and evil? Oh, my God. I mean, it's it's 
undeniable. It, it's actually, to me, it's, it's so heavy handed. I mean, there, there is so much symbolism and, and metaphors and, and motifs. I mean, I, I, am, I, I was raised Catholic, so I guess it is maybe a little, you know, it, it sides on the Catholicism and then that kind of iconography. But um, I tried to really touch upon just universal good versus evil themes. But as soon as I knew I was going to raise Art the Clown from the dead, uh, mm. supernatural, to me, that's a demon. And I've had this character, um, Sienna, visually, not, not who Sienna became. But I, since 2008, I knew I wanted to have this final girl, Valkyrie, you know, Old Testament angel warrior uh, in a slasher film. So once you have those two characters, you have a clear cut heaven versus hell movie and all those, you know, undertones and the subtext. I mean, it's all there. It's baked into the entire movie. So um, some of it's very heavy handed, but some of it is also very subtle. I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on. So I'm glad you uh, appreciated that. I think I think. I think that element might actually be a little off-putting to some people because it's so extreme. It's such a radically different direction than the first movie. And I knew that was going to be one of the biggest gambles I was taking, uh, bringing this big supernatural and mystical element and even this Arthurian element to it. I mean, there's like Excalibur stuff going on in this movie as well. Like, because mm. I, I grew up loving those movies too, like uh, Excalibur and Red Sonia. Beastmaster, Conan the Barbarian, like all those movies, I love them almost as much as I do horror films. So I drew from so many different uh, different films and inspiration. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tee Public. Tee Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tee Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon, the world's leading online store. Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. I love it myself because I like when if it's got to be a franchise, you have to evolve things in, yeah. you know, and I think it's really important that characters like art are not just seen as kind of like, like a butcher or a slasher on his own. You need to have more to that. And to do that, you need to flesh out the things around you. You need to lift the stakes. Stakes yeah. are important. I think in horror films, what is very, uh, what does continue on though is kind of like I mentioned before in my intro, the theater of the macabre, this is very much a movie, like a horror movie, kind of like, I, I kind of like, I'm a heavy metal fan as well. I kind of like this kind of like the black metal to like, you know, the, the heavier kind of stuff. It's kind of like yeah. more extreme and such. And I really want, I was curious about working with blood, um, creating it, the color of it. How important is things like the creation of the color of blood when it comes to something like senses, for example? Can the blood be too dark? Can it be too, too light? Um, is that does that make a difference uh, in how you kind of approach that kind of aspect of filmmaking? Um, because this movie's got rivers of it, and in showing that much of it, I'm sure on your part you have to make changes to the color in the, in the, in the, in, in the, the um, I guess I don't know if you could say personality in regards to blood, but in a sort of way, it's kind of like um, you're you're painting with ink, and this ink is very important to your painting that you put on towards the towards the uh, cinema goer. Sure. I mean, the blood is, is a character in and of itself in this film. Mm. 
say. Um, I've never had to personally worry about um, censorship. Thankfully, even up until now, the fact that Terrifier is released in the U.S. in theaters unrated is is pretty unprecedented. It's 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 wild. But that is a big concern for for films, uh, Hollywood movies. I mean, you know, Quentin Tarantino famously had to turn that sequence and kill Bill black and white because it was so graphic. Um, yeah. I know that um, Scorsese and Taxi Driver, he got like, I think he had a, like an X rating. And then he said, well, what if I just change the color of the blood to make it look like more fucked tomato sauce? And then you got to go pass through. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. And mm. that's the stupidest thing ever. But uh, yeah, uh, they should have never, they should have never did that. And I heard they can't even like get the color back or something. Cause they, I don't know, but I mean, it's still perfect. It's, it's amazing. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And Dixie yeah. did all that blood work and he's one of my makeup heroes. Oh yeah. Exorcist for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. And people still don't realize that that's a bald cap on De Niro with all that, mm. you know, when he shaves his head, it's, it's flawless. Um, but you know, I like to, at this point, there is so much accessible, high quality, makeup materials and blood. So I always uh, order the blood that I like. Um, it's actually a blood from the U. I, I tried to use the most in Terrify, but I didn't use it for all of it. Um, it says blood from the UK called Robert Smith blood. And it's a silicone mm. blood, very realistic, uh, just amazing consistency and color. It's like as realistic as, as you can get. But there was actually, there's one scene in particular um, are we allowed to talk about spoilers? I'm open to talk about spoilers. I don't know. I'm open to it as well. If you want to, you want to go yeah. into it, that's fine. So there's a, there's a beheading scene, a really graphic decapitation in the middle of the movie where I specifically wanted to make the blood look like 70s, uh, 70s style blood that looked mm. kind of more like paint and was, yeah. very, it was very opaque. And I had, a, I had to whip that up from scratch and figure out how to make that. So I was using powdered milk and uh bloody uh bloody mary uh mix and all these kind of weird things putting in with the blood to get it this specific paint like color that looked a little unrealistic but also looked looked real at the same time and it looked to me the 70s blood was almost more disturbing um it was it just looked thicker and it looked almost like a tomato sauce so there was just like in dawn of the dead there's just something really disgusting about it so mm. I, I specifically wanted that kill to have that uh, that blood so yeah. <laughs> what I love about your your monster art the clown is the ambiguity in regards to him. You don't really know what he is, where he comes from, what his motivations are. Um, but at the same time, there's a curiosity, right? You want to know more. And it's kind of like this really weird kind of to and throw as a as an audience member watching it. You as a filmmaker, I'm sure that the success of the first terrifier and not what will guarantee you'll be success with the second one as well will want to lead to developing the character more do you find yourself struggling trying to find that balance between the ambiguity of what the character is versus trying to uh quench the thirst of what people want to know more about him um and in doing so is there any type of trepidation law that you might perhaps i don't know give away too much show your hands too much in regards to the character because if you i find sometimes that with monsters if you try to humanize them too much the sometimes the impact of, of who, who and what they are could uh could be watered down significantly with future films a thousand percent i think if we i say all the time if we pull the curtain back too far and you see the the wizard it's it's over you're gonna lose mm. you're gonna lose the whole mystique of the character and especially if you keep building that mystique, you know, higher and higher, and then you reveal it, you're you're going to disappoint 
at least half your audience, no matter what, they're going to say, really, that's what he turned out to be or who he turned out to be. But at the same time, I think it's my responsibility as a writer to come up with something very creative and cool and something that is satisfying. So I, I, I try and walk a line and give the audience enough information where they're not totally in the dark, where maybe by the end of Terrifier, you could say, you know, you could have a conversation with three people and you say, well, he's got to be one of these three things. And whoever has the best argument, you know, God bless. So mm -hmm. you know, something like that. I, you know, I don't want him to be too ambiguous, but I'll, I'll never fully just be like, well, this was him. And I'll never make you feel bad about the character. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's probably the biggest disservice you can do is when you sort of make the audience even empathize with somebody this, this evil and this sadistic and give him a reason for why he's this sadistic. Um, that's never going to happen either. <laughs> well, look, Terrifier 2 is, is a movie that really, look, it really had me glued to my seat throughout the Hulk and uh, even like in the, the harder, more hardcore elements of it, I was watching it and appreciating it for the craft as, as much as anything else. And i got to say, Damien Leone, congratulations to you. I know this the character has been with you for a long time, watching you, yourself take the reins of your own franchise, which I'm sure uh, is, on its own, has brings its own difficulties and glories would have been uh, an experience for you. And for out there, if you're looking for a horror experience this um, Halloween season, you need to watch Terrifier 2 right now in cinemas. Take a whole bunch of your friends, watch the film, enjoy it, and then uh, go out there and make your own costumes afterwards. Because I'm sure Arthur Clown is going to be very popular uh, this Halloween post-COVID. A lot of people are going to be wearing that costume. And uh, Damien Leone, again, thank you so very much for your time. Thank you uh, for your movie, and hopefully we get to talk again in the future. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Matthew. This was fun, man. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, man.